It's snacking and get cracking with a snack that packs a protein punch. Pistachios are known for their protein power, fiber, and better for you unsaturated fats for a combination that may help you keep feeling fuller longer. Wonderful Pistachios is a good source of protein with zero gill. Each one ounce serving has six grams of protein, giving you over 10% of your daily value. I love that they come in a variety of sizes and flavors, making this the perfect protein snack for any on-the-go adventure. Check out wonderfulpistachios.com to learn more about how these little green wonders can power up your day. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hey everyone, welcome back to the Flow Track Podcast. I am Kevin. As you can see, if you're watching in studio, joined by my co-host Gordon. Normally right here. He is remote on location, getting an early look at the scenes out there in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania, ahead of the Penn Relays. Gordon, good afternoon. How are you doing, man? Doing good. Scoping out the land, getting a, a feel for the weather to mm-hmm. know whether or not we're gonna have rain, sun, shine, wind. Who knows? But uh, I'm in my parents' house, and I found this sweatshirt. Yeah, it looks good. Liberty High School, track and field. Has my name on the back. Look, I I won't show you, but still fits, kind of. Um, Liberty High School is probably going to be at the Penn Relays, Mm. I think. So hopefully they do well. They're probably entered in the 4x4 or 4x1. Um, So go Hurricanes. And, uh, yeah. I'm excited. Penn Relays is here. I feel like it's good to be kind of in my own element, you know, the Northeast element. It's very different from the Austin area, the South, or I'm sure different from West Coast, California. Mm-hmm. Kevin, when you went to the Penn Relays last year for the first time, you were like a little bit culture shocked, right? Oh, yeah. Or like a track meet, seeing a, a Northeast Penn Relays type track meet. Well, I was culture shocked from going to Wawa too. That was big. <laughs> And then going to the Phillies game and getting up close and personal with some Philly sports fans. Not even talking about you, but just the other people in the stands. I said, oh, yeah, it's a little different. There's a little edge to this group out here. Yeah. I remember we had a very, let's call her, a very outspoken Uber driver at one point. That was kind of cool. That was, a little, that. Uh- that was a little different. Yeah. But getting a lay of the land of the, the neighborhoods and everything, too, was fun. And then the meet itself, obviously. That's... That's a that's a new experience. It was colder than I thought. That's the main thing. I didn't think at the end of April, Philly would be that cold, and it was. So I'm going to be prepared this year. I'm bringing jackets. Yeah, Texas is always like three months ahead with weather or the, compared to Northeast. Is that the rule? It's rule of thumb, three months. Mm, okay. we, we, we stay hot three months longer, and we get hot three months earlier. Okay. Well, this edition is going to be an instant classic. So buckle up, everybody. We're previewing the London Marathon. Uh, we'll talk a little bit about Penn Relays because we have some of the collegiate fields in, so we can start breaking those down, tell you what to watch for. It's going to be going to be a great meet. But we'll start first with London coming up on Sunday. If you live in the U.S., Canada, or Australia, you can watch it live on FlowTrack. We've already had the elite press conferences for both the men and the women. We'll start first with the men's field. You got two living legends in there in Kennedy Sibikele and Mo Farah. You have some established veterans, such as defending champion Amos Kiprutu. And then you have some upstarts, some folks who have gotten off to a wonderful start in their career and you want to see what they can do next. I'm talking, of course, foremost about Kelvin Kiptu, who in his debut kept him, Gordon. He ran 201.53, 201.53 in his debut. So this is going to be an exciting race, top to bottom. Of course, Bekele and Farah are going to get a lot of the headlines going into it, 
But most people believe the race is probably going to come down to some of the guys' names that you saw on the screen there. Kiptum, Legese, Garamu, Kiprat, Tola, Atanwa, et cetera, et cetera. What do you think is the the, the storyline behind this? Obviously, whenever a Kipchoge's in a race, the storyline is he's going to win, and if he's on a fast course, it's going to be can he break the world record. You have someone who made a debut that was inching close to a world record. You have someone in Bekele who also was close to a world record, but he's kind of on the last part of his career. What is like the the nugget for this race? Is it just can Bekele get a win? Is it can Kip Toom and Bekele flirt with the world record? Is it all just around Mo Farah's swan song of a race? Like, what do you think is the the number one carrot for this men's field? Well, I think it breaks down into separate parts. I, I'm going to put Bekele in a different category, and I'm going to put Farah in a different category. I think they're in a different spot. Farah said it's his final marathon, likely not his final race, but this is going to be it for him in terms of the marathon. And I think it's more about just going out there, putting together a solid effort. You know, He's still training at a high level. He's training in Ethiopia. He's going to be um, solid. I expect him to be well under 210. Just don't think he's going to be in the mix for the win. I think the same thing with Bekele. If either of those guys are, that's the huge story. That's going to overtake everything. But I you don't think Bekele's going to be in the mix? I don't think Bekele's going to be in the mix, no. I think it's going to be about the other names on that list. Kiptum, can he do it again? You know, he did it in Valencia, 201.53. There's not a lot of people who have run 201 before. So we want to see him now in his second marathon. He says he's very cautious about his approach. When I watched the, the press conference, he was talking more like, oh, yeah, I'm not going after the world record yet. I just need to see how I do on the second one. We know Valencia is very fast. London's fast, too. So I'm looking at that. And I'm also looking at Amos Kipruchu. He was the London champ last year when it was in the fall. In the spring, he was second in Tokyo to Kipchoge. And then you go back to uh, 2021, DNF'd at the Olympics, 2020, um, had an 18th place in Tokyo, a fourth place in Valencia. But his last two have been really good. So can he move into that next tier as well, too? We saw uh, Evans Chabet in Boston. He's won three marathons in a row. He's won seven of eight overall. Everybody's saying, well, if you, he's, the, he's the best challenger to Kipchoge because he's beat him. But if Kipruchu could go back-to-back in London, combined with a second place in Tokyo, he starts to string together some consistency as well, too. So is it going to be him, or is it going to be someone that we've seen before, someone like a Tola, someone like a Legese, um, go up there and get it? But I think, I think it's going to come down to Kipruchu and Kiptum. I think Kiptum has the highest upside. So you want to watch for him to see if he has if he has an improvement off of Valencia, even if it's not an improvement based on time because those courses aren't equal. Valencia, I think everybody agrees, is a little faster. But if he improves just in how he um, finishes relative to the rest of the field, this is obviously a better field than he, than he faced in Valencia, then, then you got to say, look out. Like This is a race about who else could potentially get into that top tier, that, that, that post-Kipchoge tier which Chibet is firmly in after his Boston win. Over under 62 for the opening half marathon. I think under. I think they're going to get after it. Yeah, I, I think under. I think this over be one under of those... 61? The, uh, I'll go slightly over. Okay, so you like 61, 20 to 40? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if it went even faster. It's gone out really fast in the past. Um I guess it also depends on weather, but yeah, man, this could be this could be a situation where the list of people who we want to see go against Kipchoge, because now that he's been beaten again, it looks a lot more possible. It could start to grow, um, and if Kiptum strings two together, if Kipruchu strings together another win, then we then we're getting in the range of oh man, all right, well, is it possible to get all three or four of these guys on the same field? Also. Talk about Olympics next year. That Kenyan team is pretty hard to make because <laughs> we already have Chibet there. Kipruchu wins this one. Kiptum's right there. Like, how are they going to select the three that go to Paris? Uh, you got to get in. You got to get, and that's not even counting, you know, Benson Kipruchu as well, too. Well, 
I think does Kipchoge have the standard? Uh, I don't think he has it yet. When would he get it? He'd have to get it in the fall, which I think would be complicated if he runs New York. I guess he could get it in the spring too if he runs an early marathon. I'm not. I'm not going to get into Kipchoge standard talk. That is crazy. That I'm is just ab- saying. I know, but that's absolutely crazy that as a sport we would be talking about that. But, yeah. Well, there is a there is a there is a scenario where he doesn't have the standard. I guess you could get in on world ranking. Sorry, I'm 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 turning. I mean, how many London preview into a Kipchoge world ranking watch? Well. But I don't, how many points did he get for an eighth place in Boston where he ran 209? I'm going to look this up. Let's see what, what do you think Kipchoge's marathon world ranking is right now? I wouldn't even begin to tell. I can't even begin to tell you, man. That would be kind of funny if he's not ranked number one. Okay, he's still ranked number one. 208.10 is the, the time standard. Yeah. The thing is, he's ranked number one, but it's off of his two marathons from 2022, which probably won't be included in his ranking score when it comes to Paris 2024. How many points did he get for Boston? Uh, you got... I don't know. Um, yeah, it's on there. Results. You get 11.51. So you got 11.51, yeah. but for... His Tokyo race that was twelve eighty five. Yeah, or his world record was thirteen eleven. So. Yeah, but eleven in eleven hundreds, sixth place with the two hundred eight. That's not that's not very many points. That's not it's not gonna be enough points. He he needs another one, or he needs those so other should, ones to stay in. Maybe Kipchoge should hop in this field. What do you think? Should we? I think he's <laughs> double up. Recovered. Recovered yeah. from the boss. Well, boss. I mean, Shalane Flanagan did it. Yeah, exactly. Well. What I don't want this to do is I don't want this to influence what he does in the fall, but it may end up doing that, which would be a shame because most people want to see him th- in New York. I guarantee you he will not even think about it. He's probably not even aware. He's going to be like, wait a minute. I bet you Athletics Kenya is not even aware. They'll be like, wait, what? Yeah. He's not qualified, but he's so good. And then it's going to be an issue because they'll be like, wait, what do we do? And they're going to petition to the IOC, be like, hey – are you really going to say Kipchoge's not one of the top 80 marathoners in the world? <laughs> They'll Let change the in. formula. The formula yeah. to be tweaked afterwards. It's, just, yeah. it's like when your professor has a formula for how they're going to grade, and then you get to, they get to the end of the semester, and they realize, oh, crap, there's like way too many people with like way too low grades. It's like the final is now worth Well, they could just say if you're, defending Olympic, if you're a defending Lip, Olympic champion, that counts as the standard. Basically. Yeah. But they don't have that as a rule. Yeah, they can make it. They can make it. Well, anyway, what's the world? What's the world where these guys run? What, what's the world where these guys run fast? He loses again in the fall. That's a better question. Is not like will he get the standard? But um, is, is there a, is there a scenario where he falls out of the top three? I don't think so. I think he's gonna be just fine. That's crazy talk. But I don't know where at the end of twenty twenty three. When you look at fastest times, he's not going to have a top three fastest time in Kenya. But we don't know what he's going to do in the fall, though. If he runs in New York, you're right. But we don't know what he's going to do in the fall. He's going to run in New York. You know that? I'm not reporting reporting that? No. No, I'm not reporting that. I'm just... I have no sources at all. This is just my brain. Sources, why wouldn't he not? He wants to run all the majors. He shouldn't be running them like five years from now. He should be running them now. Do you know what city's near New York, guys? Philadelphia. That's what Gordon's doing. He's running the Philadelphia Marathon. No, no, I was going to say... Is you're he running report- pen relays? You're, work- you're on a reporting trip right now. <laughs> All right, let's talk about the women's field. This one's amazing. This is a great one. Again, I love it because you got different athletes at different stages of their career. But the field's absolutely stacked. It is, it is incredible. We all want to see the debut of Safan Hassan. Attempted the Olympic triple. Came away with two golds. She, of course, did the 15-10 double at the Doha World Championships. And now she's moving up to the marathon. So we know how good she has been at every distance from 800 through the half marathon. What can she do? This is a huge step up in distance, but she's succeeded at everything else she's done. In this race against her, Bridget Koskai, world record holder, Ty Jessica who ran 215, Perez Jepchircher, who's won multiple uh, world marathon majors, 
Uh, Ayana, who's former 10,000 meter world record holder, Olympic champion. Yahuala, who's the defending London champion. Genzebida Baba, who still holds the 1500 meter world record, by the way, and ran 218. This one is going to be just so fun to watch, Gordon, because you have athletes coming from different points of their careers, coming from different specialties, and they're all going to be in this race. And Safan Hassan, I think, is going to get probably the, the most attention. There's the most curiosity about what she does just because it is her first, but Dababa and Ayana running their second, that's pretty, that's pretty fascinating too. And you have someone like Asefa who made a huge jump up last year and ran, and ran 215. So take your pick on this. I think this one's wide open for the win. Yeah, I guess first there's like two kind of storylines here. Obviously, the the depth and you know we're gonna see a fast time. We're gonna see potentially another you know bullet check resume mark for you why you are the best women's marathoner in the world right now. Because like I said, everyone is constantly just running another quick time here and there. Mm-hmm. Um, so you have that aspect, and then you just have the the Safan Hassan aspect of the debut. She's yeah. an all-time great on the track. How will it translate in your fir- her first marathon? Reacting to her press conference, <laughs> she made it seem like it just like put put a little brakes on like expecting like yeah. greatness on day one. She, even herself, she's like, "This is my first one." Everyone, everyone needs to think back and think about their first race. Yeah. Like think about the first time you ran a mile in a middle school track meet. It was not good. It was not pretty. The first cross-country race, the first 8K, every college freshman does, they're like, wait a minute. I got to do three <laughs> more K after this. So think about that, but multiply yeah. it by another uh, 13.1 miles. Right, that's what right. she's doing. She's like, wait, I got to do another 13.1 miles on top of a half marathon. So I think that based on her body language and the way she kind of talked about her buildup, I think – I don't think we're going to see anything crazy special from Hassan. But with that being said, the new floor for elite women's marathoners is like 219. So she's probably going to run like yeah. two, 219, 20. And we're all going to be like, oh, that's all right. And we're like, wait, she just ran 219, 20 for the first time after having an entire track career. So, Well, and she's run 156 and a half. I think she'll go faster than 219. I don't think she, I'm not picking her to win, but I don't think she's going to run. I think she'll run faster than 219. Even based off the way her, like, hey yeah. guys, this is not, she's so good that her saying, I'm not, it's like when the, the fast kid on your team's like, I'm not out of shape. And then they go out there and they're like, you're, you're not out of shape. You're, I hate when people say, I'm not fit. And then, like, yeah, you're, yeah. you're fit. Here's some of her quotes from the press conference that you mentioned. I'm just scared of the marathon. I don't know whether I'll finish or not. Sometimes I wake up like, why the hell did I decide to run a marathon? <laughs> I love the honesty from Safan Hassan leading into this first big race because that's what many of us would be thinking before our first marathon. Why the hell did I decide to do this? And she said, second one's going to be better. She knows the second one's going to be better. She doesn't know when it's going to be. She was asked about Paris. She said she didn't know. And of course, she's not going to know because she's got all sorts of options and she wants to see how this one goes. But I think, uh, yeah, it's just fun. It's fun to see someone with this range, with this constant string of successes, continue to push themselves to an even farther distance. And you're like, okay, can she carry this on to the full marathon? Can she really have that much range from 800 all the way up to 26.2? We're going to find out. Okay, so question here. Maybe do we wait? I guess we do this. Maybe we do this on Monday. But we need our official, like, current era Mount Rushmore of women's marathoners. Like who are the four? Oh yeah. We do we have to do that on Monday for sure. We can't do that now. Because when it comes to this field This is big. This is like the final chisel. We're putting in the final chisels. Well is anyone on the Mount Rushmore regardless of what happens on Sunday? You could make the argument for cause guy. You talk about you talk about just the marathon, not distance yeah. runner. You talk about marathoner. No marathon. Yeah. Marathon. You could argue Koskai because she's got and the world current record. Marathon. So Radcliffe, we're not current marathon. Yeah, yeah, current era. I would say Koskai would be the best candidate because the world record and a lot of marathon major wins. And in an era of ever-increasing fast times, hers is still 
holding up. It's still holding strong yeah. for now. So I think she'd be in there. But someone like I mean, Jeff Churchers won a bunch of majors. So we ha- we originally had that big three. Remember, it was Koskai, Jeff Koskai, and Jeff Churcher. Those were the three. And then last year happened, and then everybody decided to run almost as fast as them and win a bunch of majors and set insane PRs. So now we're at the situation where we have a, a whole bunch of people that can be in on that list, including someone like Helen O'Beary, who hasn't had a fast marathon yet, but she just won Boston against a completely stacked field. I think this is going to separate some folks, so we should wait until Monday to to break it down. Um, Cosgay also said you, she's a little bang. Cosgay's already. Oh, sorry. Well, but she also said in the press conference she's a little hurt, or she came in with a she had a hamstring issue a couple weeks ago. So, I think I'm going to go with Yahuwahla for the repeat win, and I think that would put her on that list too because you go back to back in London in today's era. I think that's enough to make sure you're in the top four overall. It just seems so. But the thing is, like everyone has an argument. Like, oh yeah, yeah, y'all. Do you know how many women have run faster than y'all? You, I, sorry, Yahuwah. Say her last name. Yahuwah. Do you know how many like current era women have run faster than her? Like ten or something. Eight. Okay, that was close. a lot. But eight people have run faster than her, and you're like, well, if she wins, guaranteed Mount Rushmore. Despite having I, a time that's slower than eight other people. Yeah, but it would. It would put her ahead of a big group of people who can, who are candidates to get on Mount Rushmore. That's more what I'm looking at. It's just the, the head-to-head victories that she would have. Um, you know, and back I'm going to back. With, uh, Ayana, that's my pick. So that would be interesting too. You know, one of the people who's had the full track career because you got the people who had the full track career. Then you have someone like Hassan who's mid-track career because it doesn't seem like she's gonna age out of track anytime soon. And then you got the people who are pure marathoners or pure half marathoners. Like you have those three groups of people and then there's subgroups within that. And then there's people like Mergetu, Career, Kabete. They're all 218s at the, at the bottom of that list. So one unfortunate thing though, especially for the hometown crowd, Ailish McColgan pulled out with an injury. We saw her run really fast in the 10,000 earlier this year. No doubt she was going to be in great shape, but, but she, had to, she had to scratch. And I, it would have been fascinating to see how well she ran out there. But she won't be there. We'll have to wait a little longer for her marathon debut. But the women's field, women's field is, is exciting. There's so much to watch for in that race. You, you, you need like 10 cameras on each, like, each field, the women's field, the men's field, because you just want to see what, what's going to go on. And I think this is where experience is going to factor in, uh, especially on the women's side, because you just know they're going to go out quick. So does Hassan go with that front pack? Does she hold back? Even people like Ayana and Debaba have only ran one. Like, how do they approach? This race is different than, than, than their previous outings, and it's different than obviously what they've done on the track. So how do they, how do they manage their effort over this, this race? Because you look at the field and you think, man, I got to be perfect or close to perfect on the day to win this. But if you try to do everything perfectly and you try to cover every move, sometimes that's a recipe for disaster in the marathon. It's a balance. Okay, so I said, you think that the men's going to open up in 61, yeah. 20 to 40. Yeah. What do you think the women's race goes out in? 68, 67. 67? Yeah. There's going to be somebody who goes. I wish we 67. had a, Yeah, we need a list, man, of recent marathons that have gone out at world record pace. <laughs> or basically, how long have, has a field been on world record pace for? I feel as if so many of them it, it, from 10K to 30K have been on world record pace over the past year and a half. I think it's going to be, you know what? It might be 67, but it's going to be 67, like 58. So really a 68. <laughs> That's what I think. Yeah. Yeah, we'll see. We'll see. Here's the oh, thing. Got weather update. Okay. Wait, uh, this is Colt's job. Th- I know Colt it's Colt's it? job, but Colt, can you get the weather for us in London? London, London England. London, London why did you, London, England? He doesn't know where London is? I don't know. Maybe he's like these guys. London, about, Ontario, there's, Ontario? There's a lot of Londons out there. I just want to make sure Colt's perception. He doesn't. Colt's not paid to know about the stuff. He's paid to produce. Go ahead, Colt. So it's on Sunday. What's start time? Colt, Sunday in the morning. Sunday? Okay. That's yeah. what I got. 
Okay. So one second. All right. Looks like stick- rain and fifty-five. Mm. I'll pull it up Ooh. on the screen here in just a sec. Rain. Cole, well, you're giving us bad news. I don't like what, this. What would be your advice? You're the worst Cole? weatherman ever. I mean, it rains all the time in condition. London, though. Isn't this what Ooh. London does? London's all about the rain. That's true. Yeah, it looks like it's going to be fit- raining pretty much all day. Um, <laughs> kind of cold. Staying around like mid 50s. A little bit of wind. Looks uh, kind of hard to run in, maybe. <laughs> Cole, if you were the coach of these elite athletes, what would be your suggestion for how they prepare for this mm. weather? I like that question. Question. Well, the, uh, the classic hydrate is necessary, but mm-hmm. there is also water coming from the sky. So maybe a little <laughs> bit less. Um, wear like some a shoes that aren't slippery. Ooh, I like that one. It's okay. um, good. Non-slip shoes. I like that. Should they run like right. cleats or something? Super non-slip shoes. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, other than that, uh, enjoy London. Just look what at about, all the cool buildings and let that distract you from the terrible weather. What about like, are you are you like a windbreaker or are you like a poncho, or just screw it, just get ooh, no, you're a windbreaker. Windbreaker. Okay. Yeah, yeah. And if you have to lose it mid race, you know, that's fine. Cheap windbreaker. Kind of so buy a cheap windbreaker. Yeah, yeah. You don't. You don't want to donate it. Make a membrane. Make a fan for life. <laughs> Sign it. Go. Hand it out. That would be a funny bit, Colt. You run your marathon for the first time, and then you just slowly shed the clothing because it gets warmer. But you have like a sharpie <laughs> in your sock, and you sign yes. it and give it to. Hey, I, I noticed you cheering for me, man. I love all my supporters. Here's my beanie. <laughs> Absolutely. Then I Good? pull off at like three miles. I, I know it's just for the bit. It's not for anything else. Just for the bit. Speaking of pulling off after three miles, did you see the story about the ultra runner, Kevin? Oh, is this the? No, I don't know. Is this is this the one with the car? Yeah. Okay. We didn't put this in the run of show. You hear about this one, Colt? Hear about this one? So type in ultra runner car. By the top uh, news headline, so a Scottish ultra marathoner. She got third place, but she got disqualified because she used her car <laughs> in the 50-mile race, which some say is a little bit of a competitive advantage. Um, she traveled 2.5 miles within the car. It says the if- GPS data showed that she covered a mile in one minute and 40 seconds. <laughs> a little suspicious. I mean, there's, there's good ways to cheat, right? Was just this a good is split. like, Let's not take it away. It's a good split, but like there had to have been that moment, like when you're in the car and you realize this is going to, they're going to find like, what goes to your brain where you realize like, you can't, did they think they could get away with it? What's the quote? What's the quote? Is there a quote from the runner in this article? Colt? I know the director. Okay, here we go. Oh, the race yeah. didn't go to plan. Oh, go scroll back up. Colt. The race, uh, the race didn't go to plan. She said she was feeling sick and tired on the race and wanted to drop out. She has fully cooperated with the race organizers' investigations, giving them a full account of what happened. She genuinely, genuinely feels sorry for any upset caused. Oh, so maybe she was awarded third and she wanted. She's like, no, guys, I I got in a car, I dropped out, mm-hmm. so you should not. Take my, you should not give me the third place medal. So maybe Where it was like a little bit though? of a confusion. Here's what's the issue with some of these when really, finish, really you get in the car. Yeah, some of these really, really long races, and I don't know if this is a, a loop course or not. But some of these really long races, including the marathon, there's a simple fact we have to account for. You have to get home. You have to get back. It's not like a track where when you drop out, you just walk over to the other side, grab your stuff, and, and sit in the bleachers. So you do have to get back home. So if she was really feeling sick and tired, which everybody's going to feel tired when you're running an ultra marathon, you do have to get back somehow. You can't just stand out there. And she accidentally walked back through the finish corral as opposed to on the outside of it. Because if she didn't walk across the finish line, maybe 
they wouldn't have given her the third place medal. Yeah, you know, it depends how your view of human nature, right? Are we are we basically good or are we basically evil? That's what this comes down to. Simple mistake. I like to think that if you're an ultra marathoner, first of all, you are dedicated to that craft. Nobody walks up and be like, I'm going to go do an ultra marathon. You've been doing it. You are a certain type of person if you want to put your body through 50 miles. Yeah. So I think you would know that getting in a car is not a completing the race. So I would like to give her the benefit of the doubt to think that she was like, no, I dropped out, got a car to get home quicker. Yeah, yeah. And I was walking across the finish line, but I never Sorry, wanted to get third. We, we got yeah. more quotes here. Hold on. Where, where, where's this from, Colt? I can't see what, what, what outlet posted this. Where do you credit? Oh, BBC. Okay. So BBC. from the BBC. Uh, BBC. Yeah, Ultra Runner who used car says she made massive error. Pull that quote back up again. Here we go. Um, the 47-year-old uh, lives in Sydney, told BBC Scotland. She got lost on the course on halfway. Her leg began to feel sore, started to limp. Pain became so bad when she saw a friend on the side of the course. She accepted a lift in his car to the next checkpoint to tell Marshall she was pulling out of the race. When I got to the checkpoint, I told them I was pulling out and that I had been in the car. And they said, you'll hate yourself if you stop. I agreed to carry on in a non-competitive way. Jeez, those people are harsh. <laughs> I need some water. You'll hate yourself if you drink. I made sure I didn't overtake the runner in front when I saw her as I didn't want to interfere with her race. All right, scroll down. Yeah, so this, this is seems like a screw up. Communication. Yeah, this yeah. seems like a screw up. I um I made a massive error. Oh, she accepted the trophy and should have handed it back. I hold my hands up. I should have handed them back and not had pictures done, but I was feeling unwell and spaced out and not thinking clearly. Okay, so I guess that's a little confusing. But you could also say you ran almost 50 miles. You you are probably a little spacey and out of it. Or also maybe she might consider, because here's the thing. A lot of these races, everyone gets a medal. Right, you, everyone, you just oh yeah, here you go. This is like your your T-shirt. You get the T-shirt and the medal. So she might have been like, oh yeah, oh, medal. Okay, cool. Yeah, I I I sign up for the race. I get it. I know the time doesn't count, but like I'll take the medal because I did run ninety five percent of it. Uh, but well, then it maybe says, it says she didn't tell them though. Too, I mean, according to the oh. race organizer, she crossed the finish line, received her finisher medal, and was presented with her trophy. At no point at the finish. Where the event team informed uh, that she was not running the race competitively. They had no, they didn't know that their vehicle transported any time during the race until we received information after the race from another competitor. It's a mystery. Ooh. It's a mystery. So now it, it, the little bit of like, I never, I was just doing it for fun. It's getting a little gray area. It became once they get found out, then you know. Yeah, I meant to it, tell you until you told me. Yeah, yeah scroll back up. Oh, there was one other quote there, Colt, that I wanted to stop right there. So the Wayne Drinkwater, the director of the GB Ultra Race, uh, said after the event, there was no attempt uh, to make us aware of what, ha- by the athlete, to make us aware of what had happened and to give us an opportunity to correct the result or return the third place trophy during the course of the subsequent seven days. Ooh. <sighs> I'll give you 30 minutes like, oh, yeah, this isn't mine. Here you go. Yeah. Seven days? That's a long time to like sit with that guilt. This is a Netflix show where you think you know the answer after two episodes and then another episode later, like, oh, okay. And then you're talking to your friends about what you think the actual true story is because, yeah, the evidence evidence definitely turned there as the article went farther along. At, I first, like I was, yeah, at first, I was team like Miss miscommunication you're running mm-hmm. 50 miles whatever who cares it's it's a weird finish area and the person oh, said you'll hate yourself if you don't finish when you're limping along in a forest or yeah. something which i get like you know, yeah you you hear get the exercise whatever finish the exercise what's one mile of run the 49 of the 50 miles but when you take seven days for you to tell them that you only ran a, a portion of the race then it becomes a little bit of Mm, you probably should tell them. Yeah, and you and you and you have the award too. I I get, also, I get being out of it for on the short term, but yeah, long term. This is like the meme in Parks and Rec. Uh, 
or like I'm too afraid. I don't know what's going on right now. I'm too afraid to ask and find out. Like maybe she felt in so deep where like as oh. days went along, it got yeah. more and more like I guess I just got to pretend this is normal. And then eventually it all came out. So it just makes yeah, it's one of those things that gets worse the more you wait. Yeah. But it's also harder to come out because, yeah. Yeah. All right. Anyway. Let's move on. That was a great impromptu digression into the world of ultramarathoning. I guess if we had read the – if I had read the full article before, I would have had a stronger feeling. But I think it also was fun to go on the journey together. Figure it out. Do it live. Um, All right. In the chat, someone brought up – this is interesting – uh, Anthony says Nasser is back this weekend. Suspension over. Salwaid Nasser, former 400 meter champion, and she's gonna be racing Abby Steiner. You see that in a 400? In the uh, where was this? I'm blanking on where it uh, is. It's at it's at Michael Johnson. I know that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Are they running a 400? Let me look it up. I will look it up for you. Just well, an interesting. Too- I think they're running a 400. That's what she runs. Why the 100 running... oh. and the 200. Oh, okay. Never mind. According to what I'm seeing. So you were right. wrong, which is great. And you repeated being wrong. Which is also great. Yeah. So, yeah, she'd been out for a couple of years running the one and the two. That's not her event. Steiner should win both of these. But, yeah, I'm interested to see if – because we know that women's 400 is fascinating. This year. For, women's 400 already has a lot of storylines. So we're going to add another one. Let's do it. All right. Do a little pen relays talk. Absolutely. Absolutely. I will kick this over to you because we're going to do the – we'll do the distance stuff on Monday. But today we're yeah. going to be focusing on the college sprints, both men so, yeah, and we'll women. Start, so we'll start the men – the men's sprint at Penn Relays. Got the 4x1, 4x2, 4x4, and sprint medley relay. 4x1. It's really going to be different play. We'll start the men. Different players in different races. 4x1, it's all going to be about Auburn versus Houston. Now, yes, North Carolina A&T and Clemson, they are going to be in the mix. They, they have some good runners. A&T and Clemson have run well. But I really think it's going to be an interesting dynamic seeing Auburn go up against Houston. You have Moss and Ganway, Favor, uh, Ashay going at it, probably as the anchor legs. But ultimately, it's Carl Lewis versus Leroy Burrell. Mm. Leroy Burrell, former coach of Houston, left Houston to go coach Auburn. They're still friends. They're still, they still communicate with each other regularly. But now they, they were teammates and sprint rivals when they were competing as pros. And then now they were coaching together. Now they're coaching rivals. And I believe, <laughs> is this the first time they will have coached a relay against each other? Yeah. I don't know how to find out that stat. But I think this is the first time their four by ones have faced off against each other, I believe. I don't yeah. know how to find out that their stat. Top, but. Their top talent is really good. Some of the best in the NCAA. You mentioned Maswangani and, and Favor Ashe. As well. Um, so, yeah, it's exciting. Exciting to see them compete. <laughs> they were rivals on the track when they were running. So, they're used to this posi- being in this position. And then they, then they teamed up to great success in Houston for all those years, too. So, yeah, it'll be exciting to see that. Hopefully, they both make the final. And it's not just going to be a two team race. Clemson and A&T are very good. So, uh, they should be making a little bit of a spark there. Uh, moving over to the four by two. Um, Told them bring four by two. Clemson, Houston, they're kind of the main stories. I guess I'm excited to see what uh, GC Foster does. Every time the uh, Jamaican teams come in, mm-hmm. it's fun to see what they do. So GC Foster, uh, UTech, I don't think is in this no. race. I don't see UTech. But uh, GC Foster will be fun to see if they can mix it up with Houston and Clemson. Four by twos, I did hear Carl Lewis. Say to me, when Georgia won the four by two at Texas Relays, he was like, they almost broke the collegiate record. He was like, we would have won that race. Mm. He's really confident in his four by two. So if he thinks that he could have beaten Georgia, which almost beat the collegiate record, that means he thinks his Houston team can flirt the collegiate record. So, assuming yeah, so- they run their, their main four guys, obviously. 
Henry Lay's record there, 119-67 from 2007. TCU. A TCU team that had uh, Lindell Freighter, Ricardo Williams, Darvis, Doc Patton, and Kim Collins. That's the <laughs> that, collegiate record. That's some speed on that team. Yeah, that's a legit yeah. team. There's a lot of uh, world championship appearances and some medals on that team. That's a good team. So moving over to the 4x4. Four four, um, who, who are the top teams? Uh, A&M, they're good, man. They got their 4x4U. Uh, A&T also has put together a good 4x4. Four four, so um, mainly A&T and A&M have really good uh, 400 hurdlers, which they mm -hmm. will be running the open 400 hurdles. Uh, we might see like a low 48-second 400 hurdle at Penn. Just saying. Uh, but yeah, A&M, A&T, and Clemson, those are the teams. Uh, but here's the quick question. Kevin, look at me. Eyes forward. You can't look down. I'm looking at you. What is the order of the sprint medley relay? 2248. 2248? Yeah. You're correct. I didn't think you would get that right. How'd you know that? Because that's the order of the sprint medley relay? <laughs> But isn't well, there like a, I think I, a different version of it? Just, while you ask the question. Well, I thought there could, was like. You could do 1124, but that's yeah. not the commonly run way to do it. Yeah. Okay. What's the order of the distance medley relay? Do you know that? Okay. Stop it. <laughs> yes. 1246. Well, so sprint medley relay, it's called the sprint medley relay, but it. Leans heavily really towards mid-distance. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You need a good 800 runner. It helps have other good runners, but you need a good 800 runner anchoring it. Because when you think about it, if I had a 20.2 guy versus a 21 second guy mm -hmm. in the world, that is a massive difference. Like 21 second 200 meter runner versus 20.2 200 meter runner. Yeah. You are like completely different level. But that's also 0.8 seconds in an 800, yeah. which is not a different level. So you gain a, a 0.8 advantage over the other 800-meter runner. It's not really going to move the needle. So you probably could – how slow – here's the question. If we had a prime David Rudisha yeah. on our team and – I was running the 400, Colt and Kevin run the 200s. Mm -hmm. Do you think we could win this race? This race. So how fast are these guys running the the other one, you know, 146 we're talking 145? Yeah, they're probably running 146, 146. They're probably running 146, 147. So I'm going to assume world record shape for Adisha. So let's say he runs a 140. Are we going to lose 6 seconds? Yes, we're going to lose 6 seconds. We would not win. You don't think we could yes. get six seconds in Absolutely. a two two four? No, because their guys are going to no. split. Those guys are going to split. You know, let's just say conservatively, they split forty seven, forty eight. You're not going to run. I mean, 50, you're not running fifty five. It's got. Yeah, yeah, no, you're right. Okay, uh, okay. Let's change it. We'll change it up a bit. They're not. They're running. They're running their B eight hundred meter. Their eight hundred meter guys are running like one fifty one. All right. So we have. Could we get top eight? Could we get top eight? Yeah, top yeah. Top eight. If Radisha gives us a one forty point nine, like he did in London, then yeah, we can get top eight. That's pretty cool. That's pretty cool. Yeah, and we would deserve it. We would hold that wheel up proudly. <laughs> We'd say, "This is us." Top eight wheel. Me. We me. did it. Radisha, yeah, he was our anchor. We were. We we we, we set gave, the table we for him. him the, we set the table. Anyway. Think how think how legendary that race would be to watch, though. A 140 anchor leg comes from, from behind. 100 meters to back. Kick, to kick down the 152 guys. Yeah, we would lose a ton of – you talked about the difference between 20.2 and 21. But think about what's the difference between 21 and 28 or whatever. Colt yeah, or I, I, I guess I didn't realize how fast – we can't really – we probably can max out at like a 28-second 200. So Yeah. Looking and that's with, like a 27 in high school, but there's no chance I could do that again. <laughs> yeah. And that's with our Achilles exploding afterwards and going directly to the hospital. So I don't know. All right. All right. That's the men's side. What about the women's sprint events? Uh, women, four by one. I'll bring up the A&M, Clemson. A lot of the same players. A&M, Clemson, South Carolina, Ohio State. South Carolina destroyed this meet last year. Mm -hmm. you know, they, 
Did they win almost every one? Did they yeah. do? They, they didn't get all four. They got three of the four, maybe. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You remember? You're just saying, uh huh. Are you listening to me, or are you just saying, uh huh? No, uh-huh. I'm totally listening to you. You're not I listening got... to me. I'll look what at it right now. What are you looking at? What are you reading? What are you reading? The results. Because you always bring up questions you don't know answers to, and then you throw it over to me to clean it up. Yeah. That's not how it's supposed to go. South Carolina won the four by one. They won the four by two. They won the four by four. They probably Uh, won the sprint medley. They did not win the sprint medley. So they won three of the four, like you said. Trust yourself, man. You're never wrong. (laughs) Thank you. That's what I've been saying this entire time. Go ahead. Never wrong. Uh, A&M, Clemson, South Carolina, those will be the teams to watch. Excited to see A&M back. Uh, our colleague, Olivia Ekbone, she ran in this meet, and I think she mm-hmm. won athlete of the meet where yeah. she was part of Texas A&M winning all the relays uh, back in her uh, glory D1 college days. She's mm-hmm. going to be there interviewing the athletes. It's going to be kind of cool, full circle, almost 10 years later. She'll be, if A&M wins, she'll do the post-race interview with A&M being like, hey, how's it feel to win? I did that you know, 10 <laughs> years ago. So Knowing uh, Olivia, yeah, I don't think she'll say that. She's far too no, humble to do that. I would say it. Let's be honest. <laughs> uh, let's go to the sprint medley relay for the women, though. So, yeah, four by one, four by two, four by four. It's pretty much the same teams. But sprint medley, here we go. SMR. This is what I want to know. What do you want to know? Who are you taking here? Because Duke has uh, Matog. I'm sorry, name. She's a good miler running an 800. Mm-hmm. Penn State, notorious for being able to put together good 800-meter runners. It's going to be but like Penn State and Duke sprinters. And this is like the moment where we're going to see, can Penn State and Duke, which have a good 800-meter runner, defeat South Carolina and Texas A&M, who have good 200 and 400-meter runners? Yeah, Penn State got it last year. Yeah. Because, yeah, there's just a big emphasis on the on the distance part of this. Um, but, yeah, Matong is good. She's one of the top milers in the nation. Yeah, during the indoor season. So, yeah, but this is be- gonna be that. This is be the experiment where South Carolina A and M are gonna have a big lead over Duke and Penn State, and they're gonna have to try to chase down Carolina and A and M. Yeah, Kitching of Penn State is on the start list right now. The provisional start list. She's run two hundred three, and she's she was just uh, just ran two hundred four like two weekends ago. So. Gives you an idea of what type of runner will be anchoring this race. Um, I'm looking at Matog's. She's on two or three as well too. So pretty evenly matched. So that the two, the two and the four will probably matter between those two because the 800 is dead even. So yeah. Anyway, that's all I got to say about that. Uh, individual. College sprints, anything to watch for there? Uh, I mentioned the 400-meter hurdles on the men's side. It's going to be pretty tasty to watch. Um, what other notable? The 100, I think um, Auburn and Houston are running their main guys in the individual 100 uh, as well. Uh, then, yeah, I don't know that's about it. Hurdles. Hurdles is going to be pretty good. Uh, Gianna Roberts um, of Clemson, he's going to be running NCAA indoor champ. Yeah. Uh, I do miss, we used to have the shuttle hurdle relay. Oh, It was yeah. always a fun time. We don't have that. But Clemson would put together a good team. So would North Carolina A&T. They have some good hurdlers these days. So, But that individual hurdle, you got Patterson of Ohio State, Roberts of Clemson, Wilson of Houston, Haley's of Syracuse, Beard of Howard. Those top five, I could see four of those five all making the NCAA final. Ooh. So. So individually, you think that's the best? Dylan Beard's good of Howard. Dylan Beard. Dylan Beard is him. Mm. You know whose coach is? David Oliver. Exactly. Do you, so you think that's the race of the meet? On the college side, like individual race to me. Yeah, for sure. Men's four hurdles. Dylan Beard just ran 13.31. Are you talking about high hurdles? You're talking four hurdles. High hurdles. Oh, okay. Sorry, sorry. That's sharing four hurdles. Yeah, yeah. He ran 13.31. 
uh, in Florida last weekend. I think he's ranked, where is he? Where does that rank? Probably ranks him number two in the nation. So, yeah, the, the high hurdles is going to be, yeah, Beard is ranked second. Um, Wilson of Houston is ranked sixth. Roberts is ranked seventh. And Jaheim Haley's is ranked tenth. So, four top ten guys all in this race. Should be good. Oh, like yeah. Oh, also Connor Schulman, who's 13th. He's in this race. Keep on going. Good race. A little preview for NCAA outdoors, too. Make it happen. All right. On Monday, we'll talk about the distance races. And then we'll also talk about those pro elite fields. So we're going to have um, Olympic development sections in the um, – 800, 600, quarter. Um, obviously, Devin Allen's in the high hurdles, uh, mile. So there's a lot to talk about with that. So we will uh, we'll get into all that stuff on Monday. We'll also recap uh, London and any track news that happens. We know there's going to be some exciting stuff. We talked about the meet out in Waco already, which could be could produce some headlines. Should be good. All right. That's all? Colt, you'll be back Monday? I'll be back Monday. Last show. Final Colt show on Monday, guys. Final Colt show. Tell your friends. Come be sad with your, us. your family. Colt celebration show on Monday. <laughs> Gonna be good. It's a not a goodbye. It's a see you later. Thanks, everybody, for tuning in. We appreciate it. Um, Gordon, I'm not going to see you in person for a while. This, is, old, this is like an actual goodbye. Well, well, just the weekend, log, bro. You I never see me on the weekends off. anyway. Yeah, true. My weekend in Philadelphia is not going to be any different from my weekend in Austin. You always are with your kids, and I'm off doing weird things. They're not that weird. Not they weird. I'm doing normal. Sixer things. games. All right. So you, usually, usually I log off though, and you're like right there, and you're not going to be. Oh, okay. I can stay on. I can stay logged on. We can just sign no. off, but we can continue talking through this Zoom call. We're good. This was great. great. As I said, an episode for the ages. Thanks, Colt. Everybody have a great weekend. Watch London Marathon, 4 a.m. Eastern, 3 a.m. Central, live in the U.S. It's going to be good. Cool. Talk to you guys then.